Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and it is that joyous time of year, that wonderful holiday season, and no, I'm not talking about tax time. Oh man, that's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, I know, that's why I said it. (laughs) It is that end of year holiday time, you know. The one where uh, people pretend there is a war on a certain holiday, and it's really not because there are tons of holidays. Yes, even a prep for tax time. And normally I like to try and have a big celebration, but, you know, I thought I'd keep the party small this year, mostly because I fail at at planning anything. So this year it looks like I have, um, well... Everyone's local CPA, Professor Alan Middleton. Hello, Clinton. First of all, it's a nice mix of Dr. Pepper and regular diet Dr. Pepper and regular Dr. Pepper. Mm-mm, good. So does it, that just it keeps make me it, caffeinated? So does that make it die doctor or Dr. Ed? Uh, uh, half half a diet is better than none. That's so, that's that that has been my healthcare motto for most of my life. So, so does wait does, does a diet Dr Pepper only have a master's degree? Oh, I would I so many so many comments about what that PhD could be in that doesn't really count as a doc. Anyway, but no, I'm not going to say any of that. Not going to say any of that. Oh. But you know, Clinton, it's always good to be here on your coffee and fan films of High Adventure Show. This is one of my favorite podcasts. You know that. I never miss an episode. Is that what it's called? Well, you would know. You know, you, you use your eyes and ears. Oh. But first off, I thought it was mean of you to say you're going to have a Christmas party and invite all my friends. 
and and it's just me. That is that is that is not cool, man. Not cool. Hey, hey. You've seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> Lewis has a party and invites clients instead of friends so he can do it as a tax deduction. It's not not it's not a bad plan. It's a business not expense. A, not a bad plan. Oh, so everything is going fine and dandy for you this holiday season, Prof? I would give fine an 82% and dandy close to 90. Yeah. Yeah. Getting dandier every day. Oh. Well, I'm going to assume you've already got all those end of year grades in and everyone passed with flying colors because, you know, we're just going to be an optimist here. You know, the I I did the answer key uh, for the final exam in finance class and I passed. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. I got like a I got like a high C plus on the answer key. So that's a good sign, right? Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better than I would do, because, you know, all of my answers would be, you know, just just hire someone else to do it. yes but you cannot hire someone to take the test that's our only that's our only rule you say that now i will let you uh you you and (laughs) chat gpt can figure out the details okay ah well since you have time you know, during all this lovely winter break and, and joining me for a winter party and all that, uh, you know, I thought we'd uh, take a look at a good old Archie's Weird Mystery. Yes, yes. This is my uh, second time talking to you about one of these. And uh, I've got to say, uh, I appreciate you introducing me to the world of this uh Hitherto unknown animated series for me. Mm-hmm. You know, every every month or so, I gather up my courage to watch another episode. I think I'm more than halfway through the series at this point. Well, I mean that's fair. Some of us can sit down and and marathon through ten or eleven of these at a time. Others, one every six weeks. <laughs> I, I, I can't take that much, Reggie. I cannot take <laughs> that much, Reggie. That is fair. That is absolutely fair, folks. But I, 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 I really do like this world. Sort of this. I, I, Archie as a as a property as a concept does not get credit for having as many alternate sort of universes, alternate takes as it does. Because you've got. Uh, you get just the regular Archie stories. That's fine. Then you've got the stories about the band, the Archies. You've got Agents B and V. You've got the Caveman Adventures of Archie 1. Futuristic Adventures of Archie 3000. The Time Police, Sabrina, Little Archie. And, you know, Archie's Weird Mysteries fits in there uh, as well. And that's it. You know, they don't, I, again, I don't think when when people talk about all of the different in you know, alternate worlds. And I don't think people think about Archie in that context. And they should. 
Plus, you know, with a, a few items here and there, uh, you know, ignored, the early 2000s Archie setting is kind of well, semi-universal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's relatively believable for a, a modern take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in that context, these weird stories... They make sense. I mean, they they probably don't work in the world of Agents B&V or the Time Police or with Sabrina, but as a, you know, standalone universe or, or, or take. Mm-hmm. They work. Well, depending on the take on Sabrina, it, it yeah. could fit. It, it, yeah. Okay, folks, for those of you who didn't tune in to the previous episode you know, several episodes ago. Uh, Archie's Weird Mysteries is basically uh, Archie meets Goosebumps and (laughs) X-Files. In a little town called Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah, Riverdale uh, basically becomes a magnet for weirdness, hence the term Weird Mysteries. And they seem to happen to mostly to Archie, hence the Archie's weird <laughs> mysteries. And, and, and it, he's, he seeks them out. He searches for them. He's, he writes a column for the newspaper about it. Yeah. And at times, some of his friends believe the weird mysteries exist and are real. And other times, they think Archie is gone cuckoo. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to watch everybody stretch the limits of their believability of the world. Oh, you know, everybody accepts that, you know, a science experiment gone wrong can make Veronica grow to 50 feet tall, but magic dice making Archie's car intelligent. Certainly not. Okay. One of those two episodes is pretty good. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, but it, it 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 gives them a chance to basically take on every sci-fi monster horror alien trope and toss it into the Archie world and see what they can make out of it. Oh yeah, including the Christmas special concept. <laughs> yes, which brings us to today's episode. The Christmas Phantom, which can be listed as episode 30 or 31, depending on if you are going on broadcast or production order. And some lists want to even say it was like 7th or 9th or something. Very, (laughs) very strange numbering. But uh, Tubi has it listed as episode 31, so. We'll just go with that. The original air date for it is February 8th of the year 2000. You remember that, folks? The year 2000? Are you old? That sounds a couple months late, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and there's a note about that on the wiki that 
even though there was an episode broadcast <laughs> at Christmas time. Oops. Yeah, this episode did not air on Christmas. A different one being Twisted Youth, in which Mr. Weatherby and Miss Grundy become teenagers again. <laughs> oh, boy. Did get oh shown. boy. So, you know, that that's totally the best Christmas special. Yeah. Okay, our writers for this were Michael Patrick Dobkins for the story and Phil Harnegy for the teleplay. And no, I'm not going into the full cast of everyone here because that takes forever. Suffice it to say, it is the same cast that is in... <laughs> Every episode of Archie's Weird Mysteries, if their character appears. Now, I did not do a ton of research into this because, you know, that's sort of your job. I'm just the I'm just the the hired talent. Hired, right? I mean, just saying. Anyway, um, but the story by Michael Patrick Dobkins, that name, Dobkins, he is on most of these. I, I don't I don't recognize the the teleplay guy, so um, but I think Dopkins wrote a, a lot of these, but in this one he's just given the story credit, which is interesting. I get the feeling he he pretty much um, so the showrunner. Okay. Yeah, um, equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> what was the joke all the time that that the 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 guy would like go to the movies and jot down a plot and then turn it into like three issues of the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, and then next I, week you do the same thing. Hey, Hey, everything's content, Clinton. Everything's content. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I am going to just basically read the summary straight off the wiki page and for this to be a 30-minute episode, this is sure a long summary. Long summary. There's an oxymoron for you folks. Who did you just call a moron? Wait. <laughs> With the holiday season encroaching on Riverdale, Mr. Lodge hires Mr. Bailey, who is a character... I have never seen or heard from, as far as I know. But, you know, note that name, Mr. Bailey. Now, I assume that's probably a reference to, is it George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life? Although, I'm hoping it's actually Michael Bailey. But <laughs> that that that's kind of who I thought of it as. Well, yeah, that I assumed that was the reference. But, um, I, I mean, if that's Michael Bailey, then... They really need to work on their artistic skills. <laughs> I mean, I know this is the year 2000. The, you know, the man didn't have, you know, near the wonderful ponytail he does now. But <laughs> now, look, Mr. Mr. Bailey, the one that we know, has had a long career in retail. So him being an assistant manager at Lodge Department Store is not out of the question. Your logic astounds me and frightens me, sir. 
Michael Bailey, if you are listening, let us know if you ever worked for Hiram Lodge in the little town called Riverdale. <laughs> Inquiring minds would like to know. But yes, with the holiday season encroaching, Mr. Bailey gets hired as the new mall Santa for Lodge Department Store. Which, I don't care what you say, Lodge Department Store might as well be an entire mall. That thing is huge. Macy's ain't got nothing on Hiram Lodge. <laughs> but while showing him around, he tells Mr. L- Bailey about the supposedly untrue story of the Christmas Phantom, otherwise known as Chris Nicholas. You know, let, let's not be too heavy handed with our aliases here. <laughs> Chris Nicholas supposedly haunts the basement ever since, you know, when like 30 years ago, it was the only part of the store that remained intact after a devastating fire. You know, the the kind of thing that you would tell somebody on their first day on the job. <laughs> but after Hiram finds the Santa costume, the two leave the basement unaware of an ominous, emotionless mask spying on them from one of the shelves. Mr. Bailey is frightened at what he's been told, but takes the job anyway. However, he soon finds himself getting attacked by the Christmas tree. But, you know, since nobody's around to see it. But, you know, since the Christmas tree came to life and attacked him, he obviously wants no part of the job. Panics, screams, runs away. So, of course, you know, we're, we're going to skip ahead here a little bit. Archie spends all his money on presents, sucking up to the to all the teachers at school. Nothing left to give his friends. Right. Right. Because, you know, that's how Archie rolls. Well, you know, as a. uh actual tenured university professor let me just say that uh i appreciate gifts from students although very rarely only occasionally most of the time do they actually impact grades (laughs) that's one drawback of turning in the grades a few weeks before christmas we could have timed this better faculty we could have done this better but, you know, somehow that's that's what Archie loves most about Christmas, spending time with loved ones and just giving people stuff. <laughs> now, his friends, on the other hand, Veronica loves getting stuff. Jughead loves Christmas food. You know, I, I'm personally I think Jughead's kind of in the right here, but. Betty loves the extra babysitting money that she's going to get while everybody else is out shopping, which seems kind of odd to me because it's like, Betty, you're 16. You just just go get a job. And, and, you know, far be it from me to be on Team Reggie. But. I think he has his priorities right here about the true purpose, meaning of the Mm -hmm. season what about all those bargains in the after christmas sales yeah see veronica's like the the ghost of christmas past 
Reggie's the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> you know, on, on either side of the financial spectrum here. But, you know, one thing leads to another. Lo and behold, Archie even admits that he really, really wants something for himself this year. A weird mystery. (laughs) Because, you know, we got to stick with the premise of the show, right? Right. Well, it just so happens that Mr. Lodge calls Veronica demands that someone become the new Santa and you know, bing, bang, boom, Archie gets the potential for a weird mystery. Mr. Lodge even leads with that to, to make sure Archie is, you know, he, they, they know what kind of bait to use to reel in a sucker. I mean, um, willing, (laughs) um, employee. So, of course, Archie agrees to take up the job, especially after hearing about the tree. Although he finds the shift tiring, mostly due to materialistic kids, he manages to complete it without any incidents. You know, last last Santa shift before Christmas, which was really weird if you think about it, that Mr. Lodge waited until, like, the last shopping day. I thought about that as as well. I think on rewatching it a second time, I think there may have been a little bit of time passed in between there, but it's not clear at all. You are absolutely, I've had that exact same thought. I'm still not convinced, but I think they may have put in a little bit of a sometime later or after some time had passed, but it is certainly not clear. But, you know, Archie somehow manages to go the whole day without noticing that the Christmas phantom has been spying on him from the ceiling and suspects that, you know, it was just all made up to sucker him in. So once Christmas Eve rolls around, Archie is about to meet his pals at Lodge Manor for a party and sing his off-key Christmas carols. This is very much stressed, folks. (laughs) But when it comes time to lock up the store, he forgets all the presents that he bought for everyone. So, of course, you know, he accidentally gets locked inside trying to retrieve them. Which, of course, makes him unable to join the Christmas party. Which would normally be... No problem, except uh, Jughead refuses to eat unless Archie does his famous Christmas toast. (laughs) Veronica can't bring herself to open presents without being the center of attention with Archie watching. And even Reggie admits that he misses having a rival around. And it gets to the point that Mr. Lodge even misses the off-key Christmas carols. (laughs) They make it sound like Archie's been missing for weeks. He's just late to a party. I've got a feeling Archie is sometimes late to things. I just, you know, (laughs) I've got a feeling punctuality might not be that feller's strong suit. So, yeah, it's a slight overreaction. 
But, you know, they they agree to send out a search party, which is basically them, plus Mr. Lodge, and Pop Tate, because they happen to run, run into him in the street, and Pop's like, oh, yeah, I owe Archie a favor, because, you know, when the power went out, like, three Christmases ago... Archie strung up a bunch of ham radios and I could call my sister in wherever not Riverdale is. Anyway, back which at I the, thought, which, which I thought not to interrupt the plot too much, but I actually thought that was a real missed opportunity because, you know, here towards the end, they're looking for, uh, for Archie. And again, like you said, they run across pop. And I assume that at that point, or certainly hoped that like every time they turned a corner, you'd see another member of the B cast show up. Yeah. You know, you'd have a silhouette of Dilton and then Moose or Midge or Grundy and the B, whoever it is. And, you know, I understand you don't want to pay that many extra members of your cast, but you could have them appear and not use their voices. But it was just the 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 meeting of Pop Tate is so random and not followed up on. You know, this the one of the points was that Christmas in Riverdale is not the same without Archie. And you'd figure everyone else would notice that as well. If that's your theme, it mm-hmm. wouldn't just be, you know, our our core four and Mr. Lodge and Pop Tate with the. Yeah, pops. Other, more of peop- a... other people should have joined that that uh, that search party mm-hmm. as well. I thought there was a lost op- lost lost opportunity there. Plus, you know, pops more of a you know if Jughead's not around, he's gonna notice more than Archie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, right, let's just be honest. But yeah, you know, yeah, I'm with you. They kind of missed out on having the, their whole "It's a Wonderful Life" moment. Yeah, and and again, it was probably a it was probably a a budgetary thing, but I I think they could have pulled it off without <laughs> without spending the cash. Mm-hmm. So back in the darkened department store, Archie comes across some sentient toys. He follows them to the back of the store where he meets the Christmas Phantom. The Phantom reveals that he used to be the Lodge Department Store's small Santa. But he was killed in the fire. He now wears a mask to hide from mortals and has grown disgusted by how greedy everyone has become around the holidays. But he admires Archie for how he's seemingly the only one who knows the true meaning of Christmas. As we said, that's debatable. Now, now first of all, Clint, well, 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 you, you have to slow down. We need to savor this because clearly this is a Dr. Doom reference. All 100 percent. You've got the hero of your piece, right? You've got the benevolent uh, figure here who is hiding uh, behind a mask to to hide their, their disfigurement. And yet they are, you know, continually, you know, uh, being represented as a gift giving benevolent positive force in the universe because the power of doom has, it's not limited to uh, publishing mandates and walls between companies and all of that. The spirit of doom is a crossover event, Clinton. Okay. <laughs> <So> understand. 
Well, did, did I kind of also... like, uh, like the Phantom and the Iron Mask. I like yeah. that. I like did that. you also notice that, you know, we're coming up to it, but when the Phantom uses some of his powers, it's it's tinted green. Coincidence? Now, some would say, you know, red and green for the holiday season, but... I mean, what, what, what color does Doom wear? Mm-hmm. You know, aside from, like, silver. Just saying. I'm just saying. So, exactly. our Christmas Phantom, who may or may not be Doom, because, you know, River, a little town called Riverdale may exist in Latveria. We don't know. They do not specify. Our Christmas Phantom is going to use a spell book, you know, the same thing he used to make living toys and Christmas trees, and take Christmas away from Riverdale. Archie, of course, swipes the book and flees from the toy army, trying to reverse the spell, but is cornered by the Phantom. But the, wait, wait, wait. Did, no, all hope's not lost. Archie... Archie gets an out. If he agrees to give up his Christmas, not just what he gets, but everything, you know, even like the the giving, the seeing people, anything like that. Basically, if he spends the, the holiday in Doom's dungeon, I mean, trapped in Lodge department store, then everyone else, the whole world over, can have their Christmas. Now, I'm not a finance professor, but I'm not sure this is, you know, like a balanced e- equation here. But it is a weird mystery. It is indeed. And Archie <laughs> agrees to it. So, of course, you know, the Phantom, like, unlocks the door, lets Archie out. You know, because, you know, he was so noble and kind and blah, blah, blah. Everyone's happy. And he disappears in that wonderful green glow. You know, before we get too far ahead of this, I I, I do think it's important to recognize that the letters in Latveria can be rearranged into Rivetala which is obviously Latverian for Riverdale. So there's clearly a a connection there. I just want to make sure listeners understood that. (laughs) This is is why you tune into this show, folks. This is very educational. (laughs) Come back from holiday break. Tell your geography teacher what you learned, kids. (laughs) Okay, but see, Archie's even allowed to keep this book, which, you know, Archie being Archie, decides to look at it and realizes it's just a copy of A Christmas Carol. Oh, psych! But, I mean, like, if we're being perfectly honest, that is probably, like, the most magical Christmas story. I mean, you know, you know, Jesus, what you will here. But, I mean, let, let's be perfectly honest. 
Jesus probably comes about third on people's story list behind a Christmas or probably even fourth, you know, a Christmas Carol, the Grinch and Charlie Brown. All right. Note to self Clinton, not on darkness to light. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What was that? Sorry. Uh, um, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to confer with him on that one <laughs> because you know, I'm going to have to ask you, I'm going to have to ask you to, uh, to converse with the lightning bolt that's on your way. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, sales <laughs> figures here being what they are. Just saying. But, you know, Archie, realizing he was never in any real danger, does not have the police come and check the lodge uh, water supply for LSD or anything like that. <laughs> Dude, that was a weird mystery, man. He instead, you know, manages to just happen to stumble into his friend's search party. And Archie, who is apparently some kind of depressed sad sack all of a sudden, is shocked that people cared enough to look for him. I guess he just, you know, assumed his friends didn't care about deadly squat. But, you know, he also realizes that they have found the true meaning of Christmas and they're all glad that he's back and everybody's together. And, of course, Archie being Archie, he runs back into the danger because, oh, he forgot his presence again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's the real reason. Mm. And he goes back into the store and he finds the Christmas phantom still there because, I mean, if you're a Christmas phantom who haunts a store, why would you not be in the store, right? Perfect sense. If you think about it, if you think about it logically, Clinton, it just makes sense. But of course, Archie, who has just been through this horrific ordeal that may or may not have actually, you know, all been in, in his head, and you know, up against the Christmas Phantom, who may or may not have been Doctor Doom, what does Archie do? Does he like you know, walk up and politely say anything? No, of course not. Archie jumps the dude from behind. Knocking the guy to the floor. Knocking the mask from his face. And revealing that the whole time, the Phantom was... The real Santa Claus. Because... Really, who didn't see it coming? Well, neither me nor Mrs. Quarterman saw that one coming. Well, I mean, to be honest, this is, this is Archie's weird mysteries. It really could have been. <laughs> it really could have been any one or thing. But you know, given that this is a Christmas phantom, so Archie, in Archie's you know, usual archiness has, you know, has to know why. And quite frankly, the rest of us are wondering too. Well, Santa reveals that he put the whole thing together because not only did he need to teach all of Archie's friends a lesson by torturing Archie, Archie was the one who was crazy enough to ask for a weird mystery for Christmas. Oh. 
So, with his one wish having come true, Archie heads outside with his presents, and they all enjoy their snowy Christmas together in a little town called Riverdale. Because, you know, Clinton, there's nothing wrong with gifts and a big fancy dinner. But the best thing about the holiday season is sharing time with your loved ones, making someone smile with your generosity and appreciating all the fine people in your life. That's something I always try to remember when I celebrate Christmas, as you said, in a little town called Riverdale. (laughs) Oh, well, folks, if it's not obvious, I think we had a lot of fun watching this one. I think this one was look. Uh, this is the second one that we've talked about because I've watched close to two dozen of them, uh, probably. And frankly, the two that we've talked about have been two of the really better ones. But I think this one was better than Supreme Girl, and that was pretty good. That one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think this one's better. Yeah, I would agree. It was a nice Christmas episode. They worked uh, it's public domain, the Christmas carols, Christmas melodies into the score. They really leaned into that, leaned into that uh, 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 Christmas motif, of course. Um, and at the end, it's a Scooby-Doo setup. And just as we have the Scooby-Doo ending... Archie literally pulling off the bad guy's mask. We learned that it's not the crooked real estate developer. It's <laughs> actually Santa Claus. That's that's actually a pretty good swerve. And we know it's a Christmas special. We know that a wish was made. Again, in 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 retrospect, there was some nice clues, uh, foreshadowing of this. But I think that's a pretty good swerve. <laughs> So do we do we really think there was ever a a, um, a Chris Nicholas that worked at at Lodge Department Store? Or did or do we think Hiram was just making that all up? Mm-hmm. Or or is that some, you know is that something that they just say to new hires? Is it is it one of those you know just local town legends that somebody made up and it it got around and you know it's it's ooh the headless horseman story until the headless horseman is real and shows up <laughs> well i'm sure that um hiram does not mention this to the he he does not tell the story to the lodge department stores insurance company um uh, but he did, might tell it every you know christmas eve at at this party where archie sings badly off key and at that point, you know, he might and and and, and uh, Jughead is waiting for Archie's toast so he can start eating. And then Mr. Lodge tells the story of the Christmas Phantom. That man, that 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 may be part of the part of the tradition. But you know, if you also consider that Archie's never heard of the Christmas Phantom before. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, n- apparently nobody really has except Mr. Lodge. Hiram does not seem to me to be, you know, a a, a top notch uh, 
storyteller or you know off the top of his head you know uh, uh you know one of those sorts of uh sorts of persons i'm i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he trained at the groundlings um <laughs> uh, to do improv mm-hmm. so uh, he must have yeah, that that must have come from somewhere maybe it's just a lodge family family legend that the uh that is passed down through uh through the lodge uh family but yeah um it, it could also just be a part of the weird mystery gift that Santa gave and it true. You know, it's just something that popped in Mr. Lodge's head because of Santa and yeah, you know, never mentioned again after Archie gets hired because you know, it's never, you know, what happened to Archie? Oh, the Christmas phantom got him. Whoa. <laughs> true. That's true. I, uh, but, uh, now I watched this one. With uh, with Mrs. Quarterbin. And, uh, you know, as we record this, it was the first Christmas special that we've watched this year. But uh, Valerie gave it four and a half stars. I think she meant out of five, not ten or a hundred. Um, <laughs> said it said it was very good. I, I agree. I, you know, I, I, I expect it to, you know, as as the season rolls on. I expect it to remain one of our favorites, being the being the top half. I thought it was a solid, a solid. Well, I guess technically not Christmas episode. What did he say? It's a February 11th episode, uh, or whenever this thing actually <laughs> airs. Oh boy, you know. Yes, because again, the episode Twisted Youth aired on December 25th, 1999. This okay. Let's be honest. This was a better Christmas episode than that one was. I mean, and unless you ever wanted to see um, Mr. Weatherby get young and have hair. Nope. Nope. Or, well, I won't ruin that episode entirely for you (laughs) folks, but um, let's just say that um, Reggie is much like one of his favorite 80s songs. Oh, mercy me. Oh, Miss Grundy. Uh, But, uh, you know, I know it's kind of a backhanded compliment when you say something is surprisingly good. Like sometimes your podcast episodes are surprisingly (laughs) good. Um, You know, it's again, that sort of has an insult slash uh, slash compliment built into it. But that's where I am on this episode. It's surprisingly good. Of of the episodes of this that I've watched, it's it's one of the top ones. I thought it delivered. Oh yeah. Now is it technically a weird mystery? Eh, I would say yes, but I would say yes. You know, considering again, some of them are some of them are less weird than others. But no, this is, I mean, let, let's be honest, folks. In the Marvel Universe, Santa is canonically a mutant. You know, he makes, <laughs> you know, he alerts Cerebro at one point, so. Look, Doom and Santa have a legendary, I was going to say confrontation. Let's go with conversation. <laughs> let's go with conversation. Okay. 
You know, the, the biggest, I think, result of me watching this episode is that I'm really going to have to pay really close attention uh, while singing carols at church or wherever to <laughs> not sing Oh Little Town of Riverdale. Because this, that just does, I mean, I, I, that, that, that does perfectly fit. I just wonder if someone said, you know, we spent 40 episodes talking, of, you know, closing every episode with in a little town called Riverdale, you know, a little town called Bethlehem kind of fits into that, <laughs> fits into that motif as well. And I wonder if we could do something with that. Hey, came pretty close. <laughs> Forty episodes, you say? Isn't that it, approximately? Uh, approximately. Yeah. I don't. Know. You know, I'm 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 just a finance professor, Clint. I'm not that good with numbers. <laughs> Something like that. Oh. I'm sure I said last time how many episodes this thing actually runs. I don't remember. But yeah, it, it's something like that. Because, you know, uh, this is actually pretty close to the end of the list of the episodes. Yeah. So what you're saying, though, like th- this is being added to your holiday lineup and should be on everyone's list right there alongside the Grinch and Charlie Brown and, and all of the other reindeer, you know, that one where the Drew Barrymore plays the dog that thinks she's a reindeer. Mm, Is it better than a Garfield Christmas? No, maybe. No. Maybe. It's better than some of them. Some of those Christmas specials. Well, this isn't that. Isn't that? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. As much as I loved Bebo Saves Christmas, oof. I I will rank this much higher. It has been a long time since I've seen it, but the Moonlighting Christmas episode, very good. <laughs> there, I'm just throwing that out to just mm-hmm. just in case Andy Leyland listens to this little show. <laughs> I'm not sure if Andy does. I would, I would be so so thrilled if he did. He could maybe he could answer whether or not you know Mr. Bailey is a reference to Michael Bailey. <laughs> Surely he could. Wow. Okay, we're getting off the track here. <laughs> or are we? Maybe. Maybe that's what they want us to think. Maybe this. Ooh. This is our own weird mystery. <gasps> We're going off the tracks like the Polar Express. Ooh, now. Mm. Come on, come on. This is better. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to offend anyone. I'm just saying. This has a Christmas phantom. Polar Express doesn't have a Christmas phantom. Hello. Yeah, this has Archie and Jughead. Polar Express doesn't have Archie and Jughead. This has Betty and Veronica. Now, if Christmas, you know, if Polar Express had Betty and Veronica, both of whom 
kiss Archie on the cheek at the end of this episode. That is true. But somebody gets there. I think somebody's still working on their Christmas wish. <laughs> like, say, like Santa gave a bonus Christmas wish. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just the new weird mystery. <laughs> <laughs> How they both managed to, to kiss Archie and not fight. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a that that, my friends, is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> All righty. So short version, folks. There's a Christmas phantom in Riverdale. Archie solves the problem. You need to watch it because it's just awesome. It is. I thought it was quite good. All right. So now that we've done our Christmas phantoming, it's about time to get this party started. You know, I, I, I clearly unwrapped the cheese ball. There's a can of bean dip over there. No chips though. Mm, mm, or, or crackers for the cheese ball. I, um, yeah, I need to, I need to sort of head upstairs. That's where the actual party is. I mean, I just, I just stopped by the, the attic cause I, I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I, can I, can I go, go to the, go to the party now? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, Thanks, thanks. I mean, the, you, you can go, you know, have a party on whatever podcast on whatever network. But before you do I, that, um, yeah, but, but but no, but first, the main thing I need to do is I need to go up and and tell the Albrecht brothers, <laughs> you put ornaments on a tree, not ordinance. It's completely different. You see, because they were in the service. <laughs> that's my, that's my. Uh... Okay, well, Clinton. Until Dr. Doom fights inflation by decreeing that all comic books will be sold for a quarter. Make mine coffee and comics. (laughs) That sounds like a good one for me. There's a Christmas wish. So do do let everybody know where else they can find you out there in the wonderful world of podcasts. Because you've got something that's relatively... Ah, see what I did there? <laughs> New <laughs> out there on the airwaves. Thank you, thank you. Most of our work is comic book related. That can be found at the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. That feed includes, of course, Doom Speak, the Quarterbin Podcast, the occasional Shortbox Showcase, and the new show, Alan's Eyes and Ears, or someone once uh, recently called it Alan's eyes, ears, and eyes, ears, nose, and throat doctor. And it seemed a little unwieldy, so we just stuck with Alan's eyes and ears. <laughs> All righty. Well, folks, do check out those shows, especially Alan's eyes, ears, fingers, toes, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees yeah, and toes. that that thing, because you know clearly. That's the best place to find some extra body parts or whatever it is he's slinging around. (laughs) So I'll take a quick promo break, probably for something that Alan's on. Yes. Makes it all worth it. 
And then I guess I will be back with some listener feedback. It was a really great weird mystery. Thanks. Hey, does Santa deliver or what? Well, I've got my list and I've got to go. It's a work night. you with those it's snowing this is going to be a perfect christmas there's nothing wrong with gifts and a big fancy dinner but the best thing about the holiday season is sharing time with your loved ones making someone smile with your generosity and appreciating all the fine people in your life that's something i always try to remember when i celebrate christmas in a little town called riverdale Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. This is an imaginary podcast, which may never have happened. The Shortbox Showcase. But then again may have, about a father and daughter. I'm Professor Allen. And I'm Emily. Who came from Ohio and talked about comics. Identity Crisis. Lone Wolf and Cub. Hergé's Tintin. White Tiger. It tells of their rise to glory, when the great guests were yet to be booked. I didn't know this was going to be the Jimmy Olsen hate podcast. <laughs> it's always the Jimmy Olsen hate podcast. And the great feats of editing not yet performed. Ultraman, this is Ultra 7, this is Ultraman Jack, and this is Ultraman Taro, and this is Ultraman Leo. And this Ultra- of how they spoke at length. When I read a comic, story comes first and art comes second. Continuity is really the brainchild of nitpicking nerds the world over. Those are our people, Emily. And reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history. Superman has basically the same relationship with Wonder Woman that he has with Batman. Of brilliant creators before their fall from grace. This is the era where Miller is at the height of his creative and artistic powers. And the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. Flash of Two Earths by Gardner Fox. This is an imaginary podcast. Aren't they all? Shortbox Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Check us out on the web at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search in iTunes for Relatively Geeky or Shortbox Showcase. And remember, we're not experts. We're just family. Hey, for the feedback portion of sort of backfired my butt out of the fire and last episode which was quite a while ago and here's all the social media loves from chris lyden bruce k dantastic drew thulu pat sampson al sedano my comic book collection teal productions the irredeemable shag laurel christados BTO and Bat Books, Comics in the Golden Age, and Long Box of Darkness. If you like to listen to a, a <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let me start over here. If you like to listen to a, wow, Greg, thank you. And we got an email from Jason. You have done it again and found. A, I feel like it was pretty. He says I feel like I was customer in the early '90s at my local comic shop but don't remember ever seeing this title. For that matter, I don't guess I saw a lot of Archie comics there. 
I also never saw the toys anywhere. I found it very interesting that the issue had used three artists. I wonder how they divided up the art duties. Thanks for covering this offbeat. Well, thanks for writing in, Jason. Um, I kind of, you know, I bought comics. Like, literally, eBay is the only place. Right, so that kind of wraps it up. Uh, so, you know, that that's good. Since the episode itself was an uh, I do want to remind people that. So, and come back next time. You know the logo, the outro thing by now. Bye. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Hello and welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. God dang it! I told myself I wasn't going to look at you and you weren't going to goof me up, and then there you are in the corner of my eye. Yeah, I I get that. I really don't want to look at you mm. a lot. I, I I get that a lot. You're you're getting moved like off screen. <laughs> all right, all right, for real. Three, two, one.